Hello and welcome to season two of Inforum's Meet Her podcast. My name is Terry Barclay, and I'm president and CEO of Inforum, a nonprofit whose work includes highlighting and supporting diversity in business leadership. The Meet Her podcast series introduces listeners to women of accomplishment whose experiences and insights feed us all on our leadership journeys. And I am just truly thrilled beyond belief that joining me today is Lynette Dowler, President and Chair of the DTE Energy Foundation and Vice President of Public Affairs for DTE. And I'd be remiss if I didn't note that DTE and DTE Energy Foundation are longtime and very valued supporters of Inform's work. Welcome, Lynette, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me today, Terry. Well, we have a lot to cover today, and we were talking before we went on air about how you and I can talk. So let's so let's jump right in. For sure. <laughs> What, so what are the challenges and opportunities that companies face in being intentional about gender and racial diversity? Well, you, you know, Terry, I think you said, um, you said the word in the question. It, it, you know, how do we be intentional? There's one thing to say that um, we as a company, we as an individual are focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. But uh, the truth of the matter is, is we have to be thoughtful and intentional, intentional around what that means. What does um, gender, racial diversity and equity mean within, within our company, within our organizations? And in order to truly do that, um, it really means stepping back a little bit and asking ourselves if in fact, the way we do business, the decisions that we make, um, the policies and processes that we have in place are truly equitable and inclusive. And, and, and you know, the, the example that I, I think about is um, something as um, commonplace as hiring. Mm. Uh, when, when we hire someone, um, what is the process for that? And, and I mean, you and I both know that, you know, when anyone hires um, an individual, they want to hire the very best person for the job. And, um, you know, so then the question is, are we being intentional about, about equity and inclusion and diversity? And when we're hiring for, you know, DTE has a lot of engineers, um, as an example, when we're hiring for engineers, are we hiring from the exact same engineering school as we've always hired from? And within that school, um, do they have a, a great uh, diverse recruiting talent pool or not? And, you know, so I think it's really being intentional about asking ourselves as a company around, do we have barriers in place that we haven't even identified or looked at before? Yep. It, the, the definition of insanity, doing yeah. the same thing over and over and expecting a different, a different result. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and that's why that the concept of of unconscious biases, I think so helpful because you're right. I, you know, I don't think anyone wakes up and says, I want to discriminate against somebody today, you know, but, but we do unintentionally hire mini me's. Uh, we tend to, to do that. And so uh, it's great to put that, the set of fresh eyes and that structure around being intentional and doing things differently. And, and, 
And that kind of goes to our next question, which is, which I love. It's what that you, you selected, what can leaders do on a day-to-day basis to encourage and facilitate diversity, equity, and inclusion? Yeah, that's a, that's a huge question. You know, you know, I think the very first thing that I, I lean on as a leader is um, I like to surround myself with individuals that will tell me about my blind spots, mm. individuals that I feel trust me and I trust them so that I can ask a question that maybe is uncomfortable for me or for them to help me understand as a leader, because I really believe we're all on a journey, right? Every single one of us is on a journey. Um, But at DTE, we have like a a really purposeful um, uh, intention to build uh, DEI into the DNA of our leadership team. And we have like six core methods that we 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 um, practice in our everyday work, and it starts with commitment as a leader, uh, being committed to um, being inclusive as a leader. Um, so so the first thing is is um, commitment, and that that is a commitment that isn't something that the the corporation writes on the wall, but it's our own personal commitment around how we message and and how we speak and how we behave. Um, from a, from a diversity, equity, and inclusion perspective. So commitment. The second thing is courage. Being courageous enough to say, I don't know what I don't know, or courageous enough to step into a conversation um, that maybe um, will help us all learn um, and, and move along in a, in a positive way in our journey. So commitment, courageous. Um, be cognizant of our bias. And we all them and we don't want to think that we do but we all have them and and you you mentioned that um initially so being cognizant of that and and thinking about how we might be triggered in our bias and stepping back a minute to 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 think a little more purposefully so um be cognizant and then be curious um our our fourth criteria is you know how do we come at a variety of decision making or planning that comes from a place of curiosity as a place as opposed to a place of judgment or position, um, but come in with a, with a, a place of curiosity. And um, the fifth one is cultural intelligence. And this is a space, you know, I have to work a, a lot around building a confidence and, and, and effectiveness around cross-cultural interactions. Um, I think that's just a, a learning mode and that comes from being exposed to different cultures um, and, and uh, being curious about different cultures. And then the last, um, um, and the last of the six is really collaboration. How do we be collaborative and inclusive? And um, that's where um, we create the space that is safe um, and is empowered and gives everyone the um, invitation to share their views, um, ideas, and perspectives so that we can be um, great with our outcomes because we've gotten the best of the brains in that room um, to contribute. So those, those are some of the things we do as a company um, from a leadership perspective to bring DEI into our day-to-day work. You know, <clears throat> thank you for sharing that. And I just, I just have to share a little bit of feedback um, with you. You know, DTE, through your leadership and that of the whole senior team, is so involved in the community. So I have the pleasure of serving on a couple of community boards with senior DTE executives. And I have to tell you, I have seen the impact um, over time, over the years that I've served on the board. I've seen uh, those leaders change 
their behavior based on what they've learned. Uh, so, uh, you know, you, you, some people may view uh, or, or think of what you just shared as a list of, you know, the six C's or whatever, but I see the action on those. And so kudos, kudos to you. I, and the one that I have to say that I just personally love is curiosity. Mm-hmm. If, if when we get in uh, stressful or difficult situations, if we can make that shift to getting yeah. curious, it just makes all the difference, doesn't it? You know, it really, it really does. It, it's, it's like, and there's two, two pieces that I think about when I think about curiosity is the first one is like assume positive intent. Yes. Let's just go into this assuming positive intent. And then the, the second thing is um, be careful about the story we're telling ourselves. Like, uh, you know, we so often tell ourselves a story about what we, th- what we think's happening or what we think someone else is thinking, but how do we check ourselves on the story that we're telling ourselves and just be curious and assume positive intent and create really open and safe dialogue? Oh my gosh, I love that. Thank you for, <laughs> I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I can immediately think of examples from my own life where I've sort of been down a path of inference and, mm-hmm. you know, if you can somehow manage to halt yourself from doing that, and, you know, and go back, it really does change everything, doesn't it? it? It does. But that gets back to the bias, right? If somebody's harmed me in the past, I come in with a bias and I'm not going to assume positive intent. Hold on a second. Stop telling yourself a story, Lynette. Let, let's go at this in a different way. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's really powerful. So, so let's shift and talk about women for a, mm. for a minute here, because, you know, gosh, uh, public utilities, everyone thinks immediately very male dominated kind of culture and space. So, so you may have a unique perspective on this. And we know that women have made slow and steady gains in achieving leadership positions, but the gender gap persists. And I don't mean in your company or your industry. The gender gap persists widely with it. The data shows us that. So could you share an experience that illustrates how you've overcome the barriers that women so often face because you've been so successful in doing so? Well, uh, so that's a, that's, a, that's a heavy and a hearty question. Um, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll share a story. I'll actually, if I could, I'm gonna share two stories. Um, awesome, perfect. The, the first story I'll share was um, International Women's Day a few months ago. Um, I had a I had an executive leader meeting, and it was uh, me and um, four senior senior executive men of our company. And the meeting was not about diversity, equity, inclusion. It was a, but I started the meeting, and I said, um, uh, I said, team, this just before we get into the meeting, it's it's International Women's Day, and and uh, I'm not here to talk about the fact that women make um, you know. 24 cents less than men on average and black women make 18 cents less than white women. And I'm not here to talk about, and I gave a lot of statistics relative to what I wasn't there to talk about. Then I talked about the importance of men in women's success. And I told the story of my father and having a strong supportive man in my life made a huge difference for me. And and I reminded men that uh, they help us close those gaps. So, so my, my first story is just don't be afraid to tell men what we're not going to talk about, but we're really going to talk about it. 
Uh, it was a, it was a fun five minute dialogue, and they all they all sat up a little bit straight, and uh, it was a, a bit of an attention getter. And I, I I hope it made a bit of an impact. For, so for the first thing is speak up. Um, the second thing is I'll just share a story. Um, and uh, I, I I know Jerry Norcia, our president and CEO, would not mind me sharing this story. Um, uh, many years ago, I was his chief of staff, and um, during that time. You know, I was coming along in my career. He was president of the gas company. And um, so I worked with him every single day as his chief of staff. And um, someone got a promotion for the exact job that I, I was hoping for. And uh, I went into his office and I, I said, Jerry, I, I need to talk to you. I said, um, and I just, I just laid it out. I was, uh, you know, I wasn't crying, but I'll tell you, and I, and I don't cry um, at work, but I'll tell you what, I was, I was pretty upset and, and uh, on the verge of emotion. And I said, Jerry, I'm really upset that I, I, I didn't get this job. And I really felt like this was, I was perfect for this. I've done this, 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 and this, and I'm, I'm, I'm really upset. And I want to understand why, or if I was even considered. And uh, he leaned back in his chair and he said, Lynette, you've worked for me for three years. And he said, I didn't even know you wanted that job. Uh, he said, did you tell anybody that that's what you aspired to do? And I said, well, I, I thought it was obvious. I mean, <laughs> listen to my credentials. And he said, Lynette, you're exactly right. You would have been perfect for that job. But did you tell anybody? <sighs> and I mean, to me, that was like a light bulb moment for me. And I thought, gosh, I didn't, I just assumed hard work and a great yes. resume and great performance evaluations would make it just so obvious. Well, it's not just so obvious. It's particularly when you work in a big company, you know, over 10,000 employees, don't assume that everybody knows what you want the next job to be. And um, it was an important lesson for me. And, and I was grateful for Jerry for you know, asking me, did you ever tell anybody? So, um, so fast forward to um, today and the work that I do today, um, um, I really believe it was from purposeful conversations about letting people know that uh, I wanted to work with our community and I wanted to work in philanthropy and I wanted to work in a space as I'd, I'd spent 35 years working in the operating side of our business, I was ready to take the goodness and the richness of DTE and connect, it, connect that with our community partners like Inforum and so many other amazing partners. So, um, you know, my message for women would be say it, speak it, share it with others. Don't expect it. Don't expect it that just because you said it, it will happen. But if you didn't say it, the probability of it happening is much, much lower. Uh, those are such great examples. The first one of being powerful in using your voice. I mean, what a great example. I could just see you in the meeting with the senior executives. <laughs> I could just see it. I would have, what I would, would have given to be a little fly on the wall during that, that was great. <laughs> And, and the second example, if you don't mind me asking a follow-up question. So how, what advice do you have for women to put out there, you know, what it is they want and to ask for, you know, what they want based, make their goals known um, yeah. without getting labeled as pushy or, yeah. Um, you know, self-promoting. 
I, I think that that is the fear, or part of the fear anyway, it's not all of it, but part of the fear that holds people back from putting out there. So what yeah. tips do you have for people? Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's the nuance. Um, you know, the, the, the perfect space is, is the nuance around how to have the conversations with the right people at the right time in the right way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the ticket to the dances, um, the first thing is you have to be a phenomenal per- performer and all those other things are the first hurdle be, to be able to get into the conversation around the aspiration. Um, and I, I, I really think, you know, building a, a trusting, incredible network is, is the start to that. And um, when you have um, a really um, trusted, incredible net, like it's a lot easier for me to hear about someone's aspiration if I know them a little bit and mm-hmm. I've amazing work that they do. Um, so I think that's, that's one of the steps in the process. Um, I think the other, the other step is, you know, practice the conversation before you've ever had the opportunity to have the conversation because mm-hmm. times the opportunity to have the conversation um, isn't predictable. You don't know when you're going to be by happenstance having a conversation with um, just that right person at just that right time. So being practiced up around what you want to talk about, and then the other thing, and I, you know, I mentor a lot of a lot of people, and I and I often ask them, you know, what their aspiration is, and they often say, "Well, I don't know what I want to do, but I know what I don't want to do." Mm. Which I we've all been there, right? We've all been there. But I think getting really clear on what you want to do is is your homework. Right. It's 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 the homework we have to do so that we can really in, in a in a respectful um, way without being overly aggressive, really get clear on uh, sharing your aspirations and what you want to do and, and exhibiting how you 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 have the skills necessary to do it. Oh, great. It's such great advice and so actionable. You know, we one of the things that we teach in our leadership programs, and I know it sounds trite, um, but we have, you know, we have people practice their elevator pitches, right? So if you are in the elevator with a senior leader who asks you what you do or, you know, ask, you have an opening, uh, practice so that you're there and you're confident and you, you can deliver that message in a solid way. Um, and what's so wonderful about that is we've had people come back and say, they ended up in the elevator with the CEO of the company who asked them, what do you do? They were able to say that. And then before they knew it, they were assigned to a higher profile project or, you know, something along those lines. So be prepared. That's great. Yeah. Great advice. For sure. Be prepared. (laughs) So, so, um, Let's talk about group dynamics for a minute, because, uh, you, you know, just talking about DTE being a very large company, and we know that group dynamics are often so important to project success. How do you assess whether a group will work well together, and what can a leader do to ensure that? So, um, you know, I think that the, the, the very first step, and I do this with um, new, new positions that I get put into is the first step is I always like to meet people one-on-one, just get to know your team, get to know what their skills are, what their aspirations are, what they're great at, what they, what they don't, what they don't like to do. Um, so get to know people is, uh, you know, one important team building, um, 
uh, aspect. Uh, another another uh, thing to think about is like, what do you need on your team? And sometimes um, we are handed teams or we are creating teams and we end up with uh, teams that are really talented people, but not the right mix of skills that are needed for the job. So being really clear about what's needed for the, for the team and um, providing really clear good clarity around what the role is for teammates. Uh, you know, oftentimes um, teams get fractured or confused or have false starts in projects when, you know, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. So make mm. really nice role clarity among the team. Um, and then uh, being honest when it's not working, um, you know, and there are, you know, I would say 90, 95 to 97% of the time, it, it, you know, team, team building, teamwork comes together in, in a beautiful way through negotiation and collaboration um, and through tiny, tiny successes that build on each other. Um, but every once in a while, um, there's, there's a skill set mix or a personality mix that just makes it um, destructive to the teammates. And it, it's being true and honest about those situations too. Um, you know, teamwork is not easy. It, it takes nurturing um, all along the way. Um, uh, and then probably the last thing I would say is like recognize awesomeness. <laughs> you know, recognize awesomeness. I mean, amazing teamwork needs to be recognized, not taken for granted. And and some of the the most amazing teams can can you know it can be so amazing that it gets forgotten that gosh this isn't amazing because of one individual doing great work it's because of the whole team being dynamic and productive and supporting one another so acknowledging that and and celebrating that is is huge as well oh great great advice great great tips so so our next question you you've kind of been talking about and and that's trust mm. um you know trust is uh, often identified as a key element of leadership. So how have you gone about building that trust among colleagues in the past? And why do you think it worked? I mean, before we went live, we were talking just a little bit about your incredible career at DTE. So obviously, you've been successful at this. Tell us, tell us what you've learned. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it starts with getting to know one another right? Um, and then it, it's, it's many, 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 many commitments delivered as promised. And stepping up when we know one of our teammates is struggling. It's, it's you know, I, I often think about trust as, you know, being vulnerable from both perspectives, be, being vulnerable enough to step in, and also being vulnerable enough to accept um, support and help. And um, I think when, when there's consistency of delivery and consistency of, you know, I might be falling down a little bit, but I know Terry's got my back. And Terry also knows that if she falls down a little bit, I've got her back. You know, those, those instances crystallize mm. um, really trusting and productive relationships moving forward. You know, simple advice but really true. And I really love that you sort of emphasized, you know, delivering again and again, you know, it's not one and done. It's a no. pattern, right? We, absolutely. Yeah, yep, absolutely. absolutely. So, so one final question in this section, do you have a favorite quote you'd like to share? 
So um, there are a lot of great quotes, but uh, you know, favorite quote that I would share is um, from Eleanor Roosevelt. And um, you know, her quote is, for our own successes to be real, it must contribute to the success of others. And uh, I think that's the circle of life, right? Wow. I hadn't, I actually hadn't heard that one before. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. That's a good, that's a good one. That's a good it one. Is. It is. <laughs> I can see why you're in the role that you're in. So, so before, before you go, Lynette, can you maybe share a story with us about how you used, or maybe even a time when you wish you'd used a key leadership competency and why that mattered? So this is not a good story. Um, you know, I'll talk about um, self-management. Um, I, uh, I had prepared um, just a few years ago, a very, um, a very important influential um, presentation for um, a senior executive. And um, I went in to um, present to this uh, executive and my leader was with me uh, at the time. There were just three of us in a, in a room. And um, all of my work that I had done and all the preparation I had done, that senior executive never looked at me one time. Uh, that person looked at my leader the entire time. Oh. And I was so furious. I think it's one of the most furious um, uh, moments in my career. I was so furious that I wanted to either um, be uh, uh, very loud and abrupt or storm out of the room. And I came very close to storming out of the room, but I didn't. I, I managed myself. I managed my um, angst. Um, took some really deep breaths. By the way, uh, we got I, I got I got what I wanted in the presentation, but it wasn't um, it wasn't through my conversation in any regard. But that's that's another part. Of, that's another story entirely. But what I did is once I I gathered myself, um, I came back and I had a conversation with my leader, and shared with 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 him. Um, what that felt like and how he could maybe help make a difference in that meeting. And then I went to the executive and I had a conversation. Wow. And um, neither of them even recognized that it had happened. They were very good friends inside and, and socially outside the company. And they didn't even see it. They didn't. And they did not see how it um, did not include Lynette in that particular meeting, even though I had done all the work and all the preparation. So um, I think that by me managing my um, angst in the moment, it gave me the ability to come back and have a conversation with both of them uh, that I didn't wanna have, but I felt like I owed it to them to know what that was like. And, um, you know, it turned out, and, and, and we, we still work together today in a really, really great way. Oh my goodness, what a great story. I know so many people who've had that experience. Yeah. That's yeah. just really yeah. practical and actionable. That's a great yeah. experience. The feeling of being invisible is a, is a horrible feeling. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. I, I just, again, what a powerful example of using your voice in a powerful and impactful way. 
And you're right. If you hadn't managed yourself in the, in the moment, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to go back. It would have been a very different outcome. Absolutely. Um, and could have fractured some relationships. Right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, Lynette, thank you so much for taking time to join us today and for sharing such fabulous stories. You know, that's, that's how we all learn. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. This has been a, a great pleasure. Um, so thank you for having me, Terry. Well, that wraps up our podcast. Please come back to informmichigan.org for more opportunities to meet her. And while you're there, check out season one, as well as Meet Him, a podcast series in which male leaders share what they've learned about the importance of diverse leadership. And don't forget to check out our growing library of video tips, virtual leadership development programming, and our calendar of virtual events. Thanks for joining us today.